You are, you are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super excited for today's guest. Jesse sits squarely at the intersection of publishing and promotion. He has signed over two publishing deals on two different continents and navigated the world of becoming a best-selling author twice. It has been his honor to publish over 100 books during his six-year tenure as founder and publisher of Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Press, the publisher for The Passionate. In addition to being featured on over 50 media outlets for his best-selling book, Lifestyle Entrepreneur, Jesse has been an entrepreneur his entire adult life and holds degrees in the University of California, Berkeley, as well as National Taiwan University and Beijing Normal University, as well as and this is, we'll probably have to beg to differ, but he was the rock, paper, scissors champion till we competed a few years ago. I'm excited to welcome Jesse Krieger to Making Bank. Thanks so much, Josh, for having me. It's really excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. No, it was kind of funny. It was George was out here a few weeks ago and uh, we were talking and his events coming up and we were, I, we were talking about rock. I'm like, oh. I have to come. I have to fly down just for that. I have to regain the rock, paper, scissors title from Jesse. (laughs) Ready? Here we go. We'll do one real quick. One, two, three. Ah. All right. All right. He's he's reigning champion on the show right now. Um. So let's kind of dive in a little bit. Um. Tell me what got you started as an entrepreneur. Well, I mean, in one way or another, I've, I've actually never had a normal job. Um, that went from playing music on the streets of Europe to having a band and a record label at age 21, my first business, um, to ultimately leaving music after a number of years and going into consulting and eventually starting online businesses. <clears throat> and it was the combination of starting businesses and traveling the world for months of the year that led to writing my book, uh, Lifestyle Entrepreneur, mostly because people were asking, like, what is your approach to life? You've started businesses in unrelated industries. You're in China, (laughs) you're in Europe. Like, what's going on? And it all seemed very normal to me in the sense that it didn't seem too out there or extreme. But I did take the time to document, like, what is my approach for real to business and life? That was what became the book, and that catalyzed the whole last eight or nine years of uh, of life. It was really a pivot point. The being an operator and starting different businesses, and and just doing it for the sake of being able to travel and have a fun lifestyle, definitely took on a different tone as an author. And then being on media and teaching other people how to do it, and creating educational content, and ultimately now publishing and working with a number of authors. It's been a fun run. Uh, but to answer your question, I think I've got it from day one. Like it was in the blood. <laughs> it was in the blood. Well, so we'll take a couple steps. How did you get on the streets? I was in Europe, just playing music and and doing that thing. Is that kind of what you went there for, or 
So here's that story. Real. Um, so like I got a guitar at age 13, I ditched school to do Jimi Hendrix songs and play in my band. At 18, I moved to LA and went to a music school, a one-year uh, Los Angeles Music Academy. And the student body was 80% international. So it was really cool. I got okay. to meet people from all over the world. Um, but after that one year, some of my friends from growing up invited me to go to Europe for a couple months for like a backpacking trip and all this. And so I went. Um, and actually, the story is kind of interesting because we left on September 15th, 2001. So literally, wow. one of the first flights out of the country after September 11th. Which sure. And then I ended up skipping my ticket home and I lived in <laughs> Vienna, Austria for a year, um, became a duo with another American guy uh, who is a, a singer songwriter. And we played on the streets of Vienna. We played in bars and clubs. We made enough to live in a student dorm, play music all day and travel Europe at 19, 20 years old. Well, my friends were just starting college and <laughs> getting their, you know, final exam schedules. I was jumping on a train to Switzerland or Prague or riding my bike to Slovakia and then taking the train home. So I've always had this, I've always been adventurous, but that's, that's a little example of like, how did I actually wind up in Europe? I, I went and didn't come home for a while. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, ah, I'm skipping coming home. <laughs> it was cool. My dad was supportive and my mom's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you know, and I think that kind of plays into, uh, you know, obviously you took that risk. You know, you took that risk, you, you, you went out and just put yourself out there. And, you know, I mean, as entrepreneurs, that's, we we're taking risks, starting new businesses, making changes, you know, doing those kind of things on a, on a daily basis. And, you know, so it's, it's cool to hear that story and kind of what kind of really got you, uh, you know, started with that. Yep. And um, I just, the thought came to me that like, you know, if I put my finger on it, I've just, narrow the gap between having an idea or becoming passionate or interested about something and then taking action, at least the first few steps. And that's what's led me on all these different rabbit holes and adventures. Um, I think that's part of the entrepreneurial experience, right? At some point, it can't just be intellectual. You've got to pitch somebody your idea, you know, build something, uh, talk to manufacturers, you know, where the rubber meets the road is where my favorite adventures have happened and where I've met some of the coolest, most interesting people as well, like uh, on that journey. Would you say that's been true of your entrepreneurial journey as well? Yeah, no, you definitely do for sure. I mean, uh, I mean, even now too, with, with our company now and um, the board that we've built out with Dave Asprey and Damon John and people like that, um, you know, it's always cool, the new and fun and interesting people that you do meet, you know, along that journey you know, whereas if you were just sitting in an office, punching on a computer, you know, all day long, you're, you're kind of in that little silo and that's where you stay. It's wild and uh, respect on an amazing board you've got put together. And, you know, we could take this conversation anywhere, but it, it just appears to me that like thinking back on these stories, I've just gone for it. Like nobody told me, hey, man, you should skip your ticket home and like become a street musician. I just looked at the options of like, what am I going to do? Go home and move in with my parents and like <laughs> try and start building a career or have an adventure, continue the adventure. And that's, 
you know, that's played out in, in leading to the different businesses I started. Like my first actual business, a record label, I moved from Vienna after being there for a year, uh, recording from midnight till 6 a.m. in studios when we could get free studio time, <laughs> set up a recording studio in the basement of a student dorm we lived in, bringing over classical musicians from Vienna's conservatory to record, it's just all this fun stuff. But then I moved to Nashville and met my, my bandmate and first business partner, uh, and then we started uh, what became a record label for our own band. So my first actual business was, okay, we need some kind of a structure to hire and manage people and, and, and have a bank account. <laughs> so yeah. that we can our, our band. Hopefully we'll make some money. <laughs> yeah. that, no, that's awesome. So the record, the record label was your kind of your first entrepreneurial kickoff then. Yeah. So we were starting to play out as a, as a duo and then a band band was called harsh Krieger. It's on Spotify, YouTube. It's all still out there. Um, spoiler alert. But yeah, we lived on Music Row, um, raised some money, formed a company. I volunteered. Hey, if we, instead of signing with a record label or trying to pursue like getting a manager and having somebody else sign us, which back in 2003, four, five, like everybody wanted a record deal. Like who's going to sign us as a rock band and put us on MTV. But we took this other approach of, well, if we hire the manager, if we hire a booking agent, if we executive produce our own album, then at least we've got a chance at making a career instead of being at the end of somebody else's like, you know, whim. Um, so that was it. That was it. The, the, the business started by virtue of needing something to advance our music career further. And we raised 125,000 bucks, had a little board of advisors from some experienced um, entrepreneurial friends of my father and then others that I met along the journey and ultimately got a distribution deal through Sony's independent record distribution arm and toured America twice uh, in a van and trailer, played shows in over 10 states and got our, our music is still out there. So it was cool in a way that you know, my first real go at entrepreneurship, there are some indicators of success. It was also a crazy, insane amount of work and just emotional roller coaster uh, the mm. first time around. Turns out entrepreneurship's always kind of a roller coaster, but you always remember the first one. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, that's awesome. What did you kind of take away then from that first business that you've applied moving forward, you know, as with other companies that you've launched that uh, helped you kind of shortcut that or kind of streamline the uh, challenges and hurdles? Yeah, I think one of the big takeaways was on the theme of just going for it. Like at 21 years old, I had people 10 years older working for me and us. But really, it was me because my bandmates were like, you do the business. That's our condition to not pursue a record label. So I was the one doing a lot of it. So I learned like if I volunteer to take on the responsibility, then I can make something happen like for real. Sure. And I learned that by speaking up and going for it, like no, you don't need permission. Or I used to think I needed permission until I just started mm. pitching people ideas and talking about our band and someone says, that's interesting. I say, Hey, you know, you can invest in us too. And they're like, Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> hey, now you do. So just by like having conversations that some people might think would be brash or uncomfortable, but doing it politely and presenting a real opportunity is worth its weight in gold. I mean, on the theme of making bank, like I've made a lot of bank by just 
opening my mouth and asking for what I want and then giving a real compelling reason why it's in both of our best interest. So like if you can make that case for for what you want and if you can if you can make somebody else see the value in backing your idea, that's a great skill to have. That's one that's one for sure one takeaway. Yeah, no, that's huge. I think that's uh super important uh as Entrepreneurs, we, you know, you got to be able to definitely speak up and to, you know, you never know when that next person that, like you said, either wants to fund your business to, you know, or that may maybe that deal that you've been waiting for that, uh, you know, you need that cash flow <laughs> to keep you going. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's that it's that last person oh, you happen I mean, to mention something to, right? Yeah. On, on cash, like here's a fun one, like not taking uh not 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 taking no for an answer but rather in the absence of a no assuming a yes so like i was pitching one investor i think over 20 times and they're like oh it sounds interesting what you're doing but it, we're not ready yet i was like so you're not saying no they're like no no we're not saying no so i kept following up here's what we're doing now check out our new song hey we're playing a show in georgia now we're doing this and eventually on the side of a road in new mexico on call number like 42 they're like, okay, we're in for 10,000. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I still That's have this awesome. visual of standing in the desert, bandmates in the car, like, what is he yelling about? And I was like, they said yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that was persistence paying off, like literally 21 years old on the side of a road on the 40th call with a potential investor. And then they said, yes, great. Um, but th those are the little snippets that all add up to like, you know, the whole, the whole epic journey. <laughs> for sure and so what kind of like then brought you down that path to saying hey i want to you know publish my you know a book on you know lifestyle my lifestyle entrepreneurship you know i guess what kind of got you down that way yeah well the, you know the the music part began and then after music i was studying languages i traveled to asia many times i've created a, an seo business a drop shipping products business and ultimately, I was doing um, one of these dropship businesses with flash drives. We were doing wholesale USB flash drives in bulk, manufactured in South China, shipped out of Hong Kong. It was a complete virtual business in 2008-9. So it was around when four-hour work week had just come out, and that yeah. book inspired me. And I was like, I'm going to try a variation of this. Um, and that was that was the inspiration behind the business. But went from starting it to half a million in sales in the first year to selling nice. it 18 months from inception. And it was that moment, um, I'm glossing over a lot, but after getting the <laughs> sale pushed through, I was like, this would be the right time to document like from the idea, the steps, like how to go from zero to six figure business and then structured in a way that you can sell it. That was why I started writing. I was like, mm. it's so clear in my mind right now, I should at least jot it down before I get involved in something else and then forget about it. Right. Um, so, so, so pivoting from an, an entrepreneurial experience into, Hey, I should share this, or I should at least put this down. That was the catalyst. But then when I met who became my first publisher in, in Asia and they put an editor uh, on the book, she helped me see like, wow, it's much more than just a manual on how to start a business. What about your philosophy to, to life and business generally? Um, mm. And then it evolved to become Lifestyle Entrepreneur, which I think is much more interesting than the first version of the draft. Um, 
but they, they put me on a book tour in Southeast Asia. So, you know, I didn't publish my own book. I worked with a publisher in Malaysia and then in the U S for the second uh, edition. And it was through that experience, like, you know, going through it twice as an author that then people were asking, you know, Hey, I'm working on a book. Can I chat with you for a minute? Or, Hey, how did you do your book launch? And like, eventually those conversations led to, Hey, can you just do it for me? And I was like, what can you do it for you? <laughs> like, you know, like the publishing and the book launch and all that stuff. I was like, not writing the book, right? They're like, no, no, not writing it, but everything else. I was like, yeah, I can do that. Um, and that was the birth of Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Press. 150 books later, we work with authors the same way. The whole team works on each book and we've just got a boutique team of you know, eight or nine uh, great people. Um, but we publish 25, 30 books a year, mostly by business owner, entrepreneurs, doctors, health and wellness experts, um, and people in self-help and spirituality. So that brings us up to the present kind of super quickly, but also, you know, the last 10 years have been very much author publishing focused and themed and flown by, if you ask me. <laughs> what, um, so, when you have a book, I mean, what, you know, as an entrepreneur, I mean, what kind of different things does that, I guess, doors does that open up, you know, having an entrepreneurial or a book as an entrepreneur? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, that's our sweet spot. So if you have a business or a platform or a brand and you're thinking about doing a book, then here's the opportunity for you is, you know, one, I like to say that the root word of authority is author. And as you author your book, you're stepping into authority on this particular topic, which is the subject of your book. And by doing so, you do a deep dive and share something that's valuable to others, which positions you as the perfect person to hire, to partner with, to engage, to invite, to speak once your book's out there and in circulation. So yes, it's an effort to create a book. There's some ways to kind of shortcut the process and not write every single word by hand. But let's assume for a second, now you've got a good book, a great book that represents you and your business and the value you can share. You want to look at launching it and positioning it in the context of your business. So one thing we've done to great effect is before the book comes out, hey, buy five copies of my book or pre-order five copies of my book, and you're going to get a, a digital audio course that I've created, right? pre-order 10 copies of my book and you're going to get an online training program where you're going to learn this, this, and this. And if you pre-order 25 copies of my book, you can jump on a live interactive call um, where I'm going to do a whole master class on the entire contents of the book and answer questions. Now I'm just verbalizing there, but that could be applied to almost anybody. The idea being that you're not just saying, Hey, I've got a book, pick up a copy and let me know what you think. You're like, Hey, buy this book or buy X number of books. And you're going to also get this bonus that complements the book and makes it more personal and interactive, right? Because uh, I think of a book in the value chain of information products, it's the lowest price, but potentially the highest value, right? You could read a $20 mm. book and have sure. life-changing insight, or you could buy a $2,000 training course and be severely disappointed and learn nothing, right? Or everything in between. Um, so the book lays the authority foundation and reaches a wide audience that allows your ideal clients to escalate up to the highest price 
services or experiences that you have to offer. Put another way, people would read my book, send me an email and say, can I hire you to help me launch a business? It wasn't even <laughs> one of my offers in the book. Right. Like many things, I started saying yes. And that turned into a $10,000, 90-day sprint to launch your lifestyle entrepreneur business. And I, I would literally take people through the book. They bought the book for 20 bucks, but now they want to invest 10000 for me to take them through each exercise and effectively hold their hand and help them to, to make it real. But that's just using a little, uh, a couple examples from, you know, books that we've published, what I've done with my own book. The real opportunity is to use your book as um, your best business development tool. Like done right, somebody can read your book and you don't have to open your mouth and they think you're the, the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> so yeah, how cool is that? Well, what's interesting is it, it's got to work because um, uh, not the most recent one, Gary Vaynerchuk's, but the one, uh, let's see, probably it was his yellow one. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, I he did the same thing. His, he pre-sold his book. So I think we bought, I don't know, 500 or 1,000 of his oh, books yeah. or something. And, uh, you know, and for that, he uh, came out and spoke an event that we were doing and everything. But I mean, it, 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 if it'll work for him, it'll work for somebody that's launching a small book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, know? Gary Vee's pioneered like, so many amazing marketing um, tactics, right? And he really does it. Like, but but that's the same idea at scale. Is like, if an author speaks um, at larger events, or we've got an author, Anthony Trucks, who spoke at um, Click, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And so there's a different scale. There, we printed up thousands of books or sample copies of the book. So every single person at uh, Funnel Hacking Live had a had a mini version of. Uh, identity shift on their seat while he's speaking on stage. Mm. And then in the book says to order your full copy of the book and get some bonuses, go here. So there's an example on the other end of the spectrum, right? Somebody who's got platform reach and audience reach, the book takes you to the next level. Um, and or just having a book means anytime you're speaking or on, on a platform, you could be generating revenue just by saying, you know, don't forget to grab a copy of my book, Lifestyle Entrepreneur. See, I take my own advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so the people that are thinking about either writing, let's say somebody's thinking about writing a book, maybe they're not the best writer. Do you, like, do you guys help kind of ghostwrite that? Because I know there's like people that would help kind of write the book and then, you know, based on uh, like a whole Q&A and stuff. Or do you guys just do the whole marketing side once you already have the book? It's uh, mostly people arrive with a manuscript or at least they've been working on it. And then we come in with editing, design, layout, marketing, distribution, you know, launch strategy and a bunch of other things. But in some cases, I will partner up with somebody and help them create the book. Okay. And how that can look is usually we'll, we'll come up with an outline. I'll help them get clear on like, what's the real thrust of the book? What's the the content structure, but then do a bunch of interviews where I'm just kind of lobbing softball questions, recording it. I'm taking notes and then I take those notes in the recording and give it to a writer on our team. And two days later, we've got a chapter back. So mm. there's a way that's, that's in a nutshell, that's the way to shortcut, like actually writing your book. Okay. And you can, and you could do this with a friend. If you say, Hey, just 
ask me these five questions and listen and smile. <laughs> you could get your friend to help you and you just expound on your topic, right? But do it in a way where you, you're, you're consciously creating it to be a chapter of a book. So you, if you approach that as an interview or just recording on your own, get it transcribed and then have um, a developmental editor, editor or somebody that can take that and clean it up. I think that's the shortcut, right? Whether you do it with us or on your own, if you get back a, a chapter, then you can say, no, it should just, I should clean it up and fix these little things. And that's the way I want it. That's much easier for people than looking at a blank piece of paper and being like, what am I going to say about starting a business? Right? Yeah, for sure. Is it kind of the same five questions or, you know, I guess if you don't mind going over those, what would those five questions be? So say I was like going to ask, I was like, all right, buddy, you know, here, here's the five questions you need to ask me these here. What are those? No, it would be less scripted, but for an, I'll just give an example. Like if we were doing a book with you about podcasting, right. And how to be an Epic podcast host and have a show that, you know, helps people make more money and live more meaningful lives. I'd say, okay, well, Josh, you know, what was really the motivation to start this show and why were you inspired to start a podcast? And then I'd let you talk. You'd get some stuff down. Then gotcha. I'd say, you know, after you got your first episode live, like what was that feeling like after all of the preparation and all of that? Now the first episode goes live. What would you say to somebody that's thinking of starting a podcast? And I'd let you talk. And then I'd say, okay, now that you've got your, your, your first major guest, like you did a few shows, but now you got your first big win. Like what did it do for you to have fill in the blank, you know, top luminary in your field on your podcast? I'd let you talk about that. And I'd say, what have some of the listeners said were some of the most impactful moments from your interviews? And what have your listeners said and by way of feedback? And what does that mean to you as the host? Or what do you do with that? Then I'd listen. And then for the fifth question, this would be one daily session. I would say like, you know, if you knew everything that you know right now and you went back five, 10 years and started this over, how would you shorten that journey knowing what you know now? So basically I'm in the business of asking profound thought provoking questions and then right. letting the people who really know their stuff answer them. And that becomes good content for a book. That's awesome. I know we got a little bit of time left. What, uh, so when people are doing, writing their books or going to launch their book and stuff, are they doing it like, Hey, cool. Cause I want to get like a million dollar publishing deal. Or is it like more, Hey, I, I want the notoriety. I want kind of the exposure. And even can you, I mean, unless you're a huge name author, can you really make money with your book? That is a good question. I mean, if you look at traditional publishing, like trying to get an advance, the reality is you need to have a platform. Like as a first time author, if you don't have a quarter million, half a million person reach, then, okay. then, then why bother in a sense? I mean, you could make a case with a smaller audience, but if you get an advance for your book, you're selling the rights and promising to promote and sell a bunch of books. So the publisher earns back the money they advanced you. Hmm. So you got to be clear on that relationship dynamic. Whereas with us, we're a hybrid or an independent publisher. So I view what we do is we're partnering with the author to help do as much as we can with the book, but position them for their business success. Okay. And, and if that happens, then that's the win for me. Not like, hey, this author recouped their advance plus three X. Like, woohoo. 
that's the different it's a different approach um so right. we're more of a strategic partner but can you make money with your book like yes yes and if you sell thousands of books you'll make thousands of dollars and whether or not that sounds impressive is up to you but if you sell thousands of books you should be able to make tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars by having a, a mix of two to three you know tiered priced offerings that expand on the book. Training course, coaching, live event, mastermind, certification, any of those being options. And then, yes, if you sell a lot of books, you will make a lot on net. But books themselves are a low price, low margin product. And as much as we've all loved books and been impacted by books, like the economics of them just aren't that great. So. Right. Coming from a book publisher, by the way, and an author. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, what's one of the biggest mistakes that you've uh, like that authors make or people getting ready to write their book make? I think for people that self-publish, the the most common mistake is the the first time they announce it is when it's done. Like they'll put mm. it on Kindle or they'll self-publish and then say, "Hey, everybody, I've been working on a book for the last six months and it's available, so go get it now." I mean, if that's the first announcement that you're making once it's actually published, then you've missed months of opportunity to get ahead of it, get strategic partners, drive pre-sales and, and make a whole event out of it. So I would say, you know, the, the best approach is get ahead of your launch by three to four months and really take this to heart if you're interested, drive pre-sales of the book before it comes out. A lot of the game is played before the actual release date, crazy as it sounds. Mm. Then once the book's out, there's a different set of strategies to market the book ongoing. Um, but so if you're not self-published, if you're working with a publisher, the whole game is played before the book comes out. <laughs> Six, gotcha. seven yeah, months that make, before. That makes sense. We're, yeah, scheduling <laughs> it, talking to retailers, sales team presentations. Um, if people are pre-ordering it, we can get bigger and bigger purchase orders from retail. So. Interestingly enough, all that happens before the release date. And uh, and this is kind of from my knowledge too, just what's the one thing or two things that make your book kind of stand out above and beyond? So people are like, oh man, I remember Josh's book or I remember Jesse's book. What's that one thing that you want to make sure your book has in it? It's a great question. I mean, I would say impact value. So how do you achieve that? Like, it's, it's just about laying it all on the table. Like, mm. so one way is to say, don't hold anything back in your book. In other words, give the actual strategies, the actual knowledge. Don't look at your book as like a stair step into, you're really going to learn it if you join my course. <laughs> you want to actually deliver the full value in the book. And the interesting thing is if you do that, that's what checks the box of higher level people being like, that's who I want to hire. You know, if your book's like a, a thinly veiled marketing brochure, then you'll attract a certain type of person. But if you're like, here's the exact way to, you know, launch a business, scale it and sell it within two years, then somebody's like, I can wrap my mind around that. So if you can deliver on the promise of the book profoundly, you'll get the best kind of marketing, which is word of mouth and organic. But the other more practical tip is, you know, like include... Um, a link to a resources section. And uh, I've got a book here. I won't grab it, but Start From Zero by Dane Maxwell. 
multiple times in the book, he's talking about like, here's how to model your profit with a Excel spreadsheet. Then he'll say to get a copy of the spreadsheet, go to startfromzero.com slash yes. And so he's giving away additional resources that help whatever the topic is and pointing it all to one place. So we had a 50% um, opt-in. So out of the first 5,000 books sold, 2,500 people opted in to get the bonus resources. So if you put your marketing hat on, what is, how, how warm of a lead is it if someone bought your book, read enough of it to opt in and get free resources, and now is reaching out to you? And so that illustrates, you know, like what's possible positioning wise with books. Super awesome. Hey guys, I hope you guys are really paying attention to what Jesse's talking about. He's shared some amazing stories some and a lot of great insights that you guys can take. If you're thinking about writing a book, maybe you got some information already down, you've already started that journey, uh, reach out to Jesse and his team, uh, see how they can help you. Just start taking and applying some of the stuff that he's talked about here today to help you uh, move along your journey, as well as some really cool insights on business and business uh, entrepreneurship. So before we wrap up, Jesse, what's one last thing you're like, oh man, I was hoping Josh was going to ask me this, but he didn't, he forgot (laughs) or, or just something you're like, I got to share this before we leave. So go ahead. Good question. Well, I'd say, how about what am I focused on and excited about right now for authors and publishing? I would say I'm very active on blockchain and the crypto space. Mm. We haven't really talked about it on this interview, but NFTs for books and authors that unlock bonus content, that one's exciting. And helping authors and anybody create their own coin and having their own cryptocurrency, which is something else to become involved in. So let's make it round two and we can dive into all that world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's something I would even say, oh. I got a book and you can get bonus material and NFT bonus material. And that's super sweet. (laughs) Well, awesome. Well, Jesse, thank you again for coming on Making Bank today. Really appreciate your time. Really awesome content uh, and information you're able to share. So thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks everyone for listening. I am Josh Felber. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.